Hello and welcome to this episode of Be Like a Tree. Today we have a special guest named JK. And just to start off with, I'm just going to ask JK to introduce herself. Thank you, Kelly. So I am JK and I run a coaching business called Where the Mind Grows. Uh, I'm living over in kind of Leeds, but escaping out into the woodlands with various individuals and teams to enhance their well-being. Um, so yes, I've incorporated nature into my therapeutic coaching approach and it's just been absolutely transformational in terms of the way that people are helping themselves to self-care and feel more purposeful as well. I was really taken by the name Where the Mind Grows. Could you tell us about how you came up with that? I certainly can. So it's a bit of a story to be honest. I'd always knew that I was going to be doing coaching out in nature as part of my coaching business Um, and originally when I set up back in 2017 I was sort of dabbling in taking a few people out it wasn't for everyone we weren't online at that stage you know there was only really sort of indoor coaching that was the alternative but I was still doing it and I could really understand that the people that were seeking out that space in nature for their mind and body they were looking for something slightly different. They weren't necessarily the same people that wanted the indoor stuff as well. So I, I knew that I wanted to separate the name and come up with this like name that really resonated in terms of what what was happening out in nature. And uh, funnily enough, I went I was I was studying um, a modality in, in my practice uh, called MBIT, and we were sort of tasked with inviting ourselves to go through a process and um, help something to emerge so ask ourselves you know invite our mind body and gut um so head heart and gut sorry to really attune to something that we wanted to have clarity on so I'd invited that I was like right I'm going to focus on this name for my coaching and nature business what's it going to be and it's gone to sleep and then they said it was going to emerge and I was on a walk with my dog And I get the name pop into my head where the mind grows. (laughs) And I was halfway through the walk. And I'm not joking you. I ran back home. I was like, this is the name. This is the name. I'm so excited. Um, And actually went and bought the domains before. (laughs) I was like, I need the domain for this. I need the domain. Um, But I guess to kind of go deeper in that as well is um, the name really resonates for me in terms of my own experience. Um, I feel that nature is where the mind grows. I feel that it's such an expansive place, totally interconnected to us. And um, I guess for me, very interested in like how the mind works and the neuroscience and the realities and the narratives we create for ourselves. Often those have sort of binds and restrictions don't they because of our life experiences and I always found that nature was where I was most inspired most creative it was really kind of a place that I could pause get some more energy get some clarity Um, and so when I talk about this place where the mind grows like that is nature for me and and for many of my coaching clients as well. Thank you for sharing that story because it feels really symbolic you know, you get the name in the place where your mind grows in nature. Yes. It feels, for me, so multi-layered in terms of 
how we can acknowledge how through our client stories, wherever they put their attention, wherever they orientate, might also grow in a different direction, you know, and it, that shaping nature of change sometimes. Absolutely. And the thing is that particularly some of the individual people and the teams that I work with, they're so bound by processes or expectations or rules like so many people are asking themselves those questions about whether they can dream to be different or dream to be creative and whether it's that you directly are learning from those strategies of nature or whether you're being inspired by the metaphors that nature kind of evokes and helps us to relate to it's nature's really messy and it's really creative and I think that's so cool <laughs> kind of like yeah more of that please and if we can like you know if we can translate that into our own lives and it although it has everything has a place in nature it also it knows how to explore it knows that the edges are aren't always there to be the stopping point that actually you know what is this bramble where to grow this way or what if the uh, branches did grow towards the light here would that be more abundant for it um, as well and I think I've certainly found with working with uh, clients on a range of different um, issues that actually that sort of simple metaphor work can really be poetically like effective for them as well because it does just paint that picture and helps to connect them in some way to the stuff they want to change um, as well. Yeah and I guess coming to mind for me is about walking into the wilderness right and like having our wild side our creative Mm -hmm. side and giving importance to the natural drive and instinct in all of us. And so nature has an order, it has diversity, it has sameness, but it also has wildness and growth and permission to have it all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as you're speaking, it's making me think about the fact that, you know, the language around nature and even the word wilderness, you know, there was this transition in history where we began to separate as things kind of got more industrialised and that actually it was prohibited it was dangerous this wilderness was this dark you know place where the risks were going to happen and it was the unknown and and you see that in some of like the poetry and the, and the literature it was almost seen as like it was called the romantic era wasn't it to be yeah. like like a nature-based uh poet and some of the other kind of categories of poetry and that it became this other it became either too flouncy to be out in nature or it was seen as this like scary unknown thing and it just really makes me sort of smile in a way that we created that construct when like you say this wilderness is actually representing freedom and like confidence to be the self and clear purpose and teamwork and community and it's so weird isn't it that somehow at some point we got everything a little bit muddled and we went oh no that's the scary that's the wild that's the unknown and now here we are like coming past covid and all these different things everyone's yearning for that wilderness for that wild for this you know for the freedom that perhaps was taken away from us in in many different ways and it's sort of it's so interesting how all these things that have happened in in the past are so influential like the language that we begin to um use uh, is is so impactful and 
you know you can be in a in a city and there's no sort of warning signage or anything but then you go out to the mountains or wild and it's like danger you know <laughs> it's like, like risk yeah, it's don't like, go. Risky, unsafe bridge and you're like oh do i risk it do i not yeah i think it's something about that uh acknowledging that we are one with nature so it instead of separating us from our history and our, our natural state of being together as one in nature, we sometimes our language constructs it in a way that causes us to feel like we are up one or separate from it instead yeah. of part of it. Do you find that in your, your work with humans in terms of our tendency to separate parts of ourselves from? Yeah ourselves definitely and I talk I shared a story most recently I've been working um, on kind of creating stories because we both know how important people's stories are but how story is to also a tradition that came out of kind of nature and and connecting and being part of the natural world as well and I, I kind of found that my story was around this story of separation. So I had this really weird era in my life where when I was young, I grew up with nature around me. I was kind of, I was literally like a wild animal. Like my mum would, we lived in the countryside and my mum would just be like, go out, you know, it's still safe, kind of safe to play at that point outside. And we were like up hay bales and like in um fields when the light you know oil sea rate fields when the lightning was going which if you don't know like oil sea rate is a conductor for lightning you know all these things are happening and then I got into um the world of work and life got really like inward it got really in that in that stage of everything was focused about you know not being in nature anymore and I definitely had this underlying feeling that something was missing, but I hadn't really looked inward. I hadn't done that personal development that helped me to understand what that was. And I always tell this story about the kind of reconnection back to nature is me and some friends just one day, like, decided to go for a walk. Like, it was just a different thing we were going to do. And I'm not even joking you. It was like they unleashed that young person again because I was, like, (laughs) running into the woods, like, hanging from the trees and I was in like my early 20s you know supposed to be an adult at this point (laughs) in my early 20s and just I was just absolutely back to what I wanted to be it was it was it was really like a reconnection and I began to tell that story that story of separation and that story of reconnection and understanding that not only was I reconnecting myself with nature but I was giving myself permission to express that wild creative part of me that was evolved from nature you know in some way and the weird thing is that well I say it's weird it's not weird at all we're all interconnected aren't we but that so many people have that story of separation they have that moment where life got busy where roles happens expectations maybe there were career opportunities maybe you know they became a parent or someone that they adventured with was no longer in their life through loss or separation themselves and that we've all got some sort of story of separation and there's this really amazing things that happens. And although my clients don't come to me to say, oh, JK, can you get me back into nature and get me reconnected? That's what happens when we go to that space because you're suddenly taking people out of that 
busy head and the roles and the expectations and nature isn't judgmental and you know we know that you know neuroscience shows us that there's the effect of attention restoration uh, theory so that we naturally reset obviously our cortisol levels reduce um, in terms of our stress levels and our body regulates itself gets itself back to its natural kind of like restful state when we're out in nature some of that to do with just movement some of that to do do with stillness and headspace and being part of it so I think the story of separation is there for a lot of people I believe that they're embarrassed to admit that either because they feel that they've wasted time being busy and other stuff and it's a bit embarrassing to admit that you've taken this really important part of your life away from you um or that they just want they just didn't know that they that's what was missing you know that it's like they've not had the opportunity to reconnect with that in some way and well that it was taken from them I guess it's making me think about yeah. our, our human development through school yeah. through rural through transitions and us moving from preschool, you know, where we're allowed mm. to play. We have recess, we have nap time. Yeah, oh yeah. Why do they take away nap time? You know, and then we have to go into, you know, the primary school, the next place yeah. expected and given rule bound uh, regulations around how we spend our time. Absolutely. Wildness we are allowed to have or to possess in our bodies. And so we learn to then suppress, right? And we learn to then, you know, how do we sit at a table for all of this time with not moving while playing? Yeah. And we therefore learn to suppress that need that you're describing. And then I think it leads to the separation. Yeah, absolutely. And I heard this amazing um, sort of anecdote on this um, podcast. Um, and they were referring to this session that uh, had gone on that was about kind of nature connection and, and the leader in the session had gone right everyone should we go inside and they were all like in this classroom going we are inside like looking around like what does he mean <laughs> you know like we are inside and he was like no we put ourselves outside in nature we built this box that's put us in that this room like when we step out you know when we step in the human outside and go outdoors we're actually stepping inside we're stepping back into what is our natural thing and I was like wow I've never thought of it that way I was like it is the inside we have taken ourselves outdoors um yeah mind blown we're gonna have to rewind (laughs) (laughs) I know it was it was a little bit of a black hole that point wasn't it (laughs) yeah I'm like whoa I don't know if the listeners kept up with that because I'm like I think I get it and then I'm but I do get it, then yeah. we have to think about it. So when we go outside, we're, we're no. going inside. inside. We've taken ourselves outside when we put ourselves into houses and offices. And the inside is nature. And I guess something to kind of expand on that point is this year, um, we had a starling get into the cavity of our wall and nest. So we're renovating <laughs> our house and it's managed to, there was a little gap in the wall and it's managed to get into the cavity. So when you were, you, when you went to the bathroom, you could actually see this starling nested in and it, it caused great debate in our house about, you know, this me who's like, oh great, nature's part of us. It's found a home and it's really kind of safe. And, 
I, my partner kind of saying like, yeah, well, what if it gets hurt or injured or it might damage the cavity? It might get kind of stuck in some way. Uh, and I called the uh, starling crumpet, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so crumpet the starling. But it really, it really sparked this conversation about, well, it's just found a home in a place, you know, actually it's in its ecosystem and its natural habitat. And it just so happens that there's a house that's been built there and it's found this what is perfectly functional place for it to build a nest and kind of this weird couple of weeks where you'd wake up to this chirping starling and then there was a couple of weeks where it had the babies and you know and thinking that it fled, fled the nest and then Susie the sparrow moved in afterwards as well. <laughs> but I guess it's making me smile because just in your articulation and a description of that relationship um, you've had with Crumpet and the Sparrow, we can see your relationship with nature and that connection of acceptance mm -hmm. and integration that you've managed to create for yourself. Yeah. In terms of like both having the structure, but having those natural pieces as a part of, so it's a physical representation of what you said of your reconnection. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I really have found, I mean, obviously there's lots of theories out there that around nature connection. And I really have found that the more I've connected with nature, the more I've noticed really beautiful things in life. And I'm sure you, you very much know the connection between the positivity of like us filtering through those really, those moments, moments of beauty really and how helpful um, helpful that is for our own personal well-being as well you know to just take those moments that just kind of pop in a bit of delight every so often into our day when things can be quite challenging and I you know I think that having those little doses and being like oh look at that that's interesting or oh I didn't notice that tree there or can be can be such a it becomes such an organic way of enhancing your well-being you know and a lot of the clients that I've worked with have all reported that the more connected they become to nature, the more enhanced their well-being is. And that's not about just sitting or doing forest bathing or anything like that. That can be as practical as growing their own garden, you know, vegetables or walking the dog at the start of the day to clear the head, you know, and just be outdoors in some way. It's not it's not linear, is it, in terms of the way that we might connect with nature as, as well. And I think there's lots of serious stuff that happens in the world and there's lots of stuff relating to things like climate change that are all really scary and are all possibly lead people into feeling like powerless and overwhelmed and get stuck and actually when we look at the way that nature does stuff it's always in celebration and then it's in reflection and rest and the seasons kind of reflect that and that we can go to that place of celebration and possibility and, and growth and all the all the lovely words that kind of come from well-being and personal development like getting rooted and growing and you know and propagating ideas and stuff that these are really it's okay to although there is those dark and shadowy parts you know and there is winter in our lives often and we do need to kind of harvest stuff and compost things that actually it's really important just as nature's really expert at doing is being able to celebrate those 
opportunities that we have to to kind of grow and revive ourselves in some way because we're so busy going next what we have what now like we don't wreck it we don't pause to celebrate and go you know nature has a whole season of going look at me I've done so well I've grown really hard and I've poured my effort in and we're just like go 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 (laughs) I think you're really clearly describing that stages of growth model and how we can go through a process of personal growth that is quite similar to nature. Can you tell me a bit more about the challenges your clients face or you face, um, depending on your comfort level and kind of thinking about what is some of the things that you have learned that are really challenging for people to to connect with nature? In terms of the personal challenges that people who sort of I work with, it's often to do with not quite feeling like they fit in or feeling like they found themselves in a place that they don't want to fit into as well. So that might be work or it might be that they'd imagine their life to be a particular way and they've found themselves in a destination that looks a bit different to what their happiness or their expectations are um, as well. And I think in terms of the teams that I work with, I tend to work with very purpose-led organizations so everything from the third sector through to you know sort of ethical brands and business owners and often it's the work is so purpose-led and so of value to the community but the bit that's missing in in their sort of ecosystem is the the bits for them to replenish and the permission to pause and feel brave about needing some strategies for resilience when you're dealing with really powerful and impactful stuff in in the community um, as well so lots of burnout lots of stress lots of kind of overwhelm and everyone's doing things at a different space and time so that's really a challenge in teams because no one's in the same feeling or headspace really it's very rare that everyone has the same needs at at any given time and I think that sort of nature-based and regenerative sort of approaches to team well-being um, have really helped people to create that kind of psychological safety to own their individual needs and find solutions for it but also recognize that diversity in terms of how we self-regulate and what needs to happen and uh, an open conversation isn't a critical conversation and how we kind of grow grow that ability to nurture a team in some way and I think with the uh, personal kind of the individual clients there's always a story of loss and grieving of whether it's a part of them or an individual within their life and that prompts that question of like what is the purpose like not I don't necessarily mean in a like low or depressive mood like mood more around asking themselves like okay what is the how do I make the most of this life like how do I really allow myself to be the person that I want to be and feel like that's a really valuable thing for me to live my life by as well so nature by nature um gives people permission to do that because you know trees not stood there going I wonder what it would be like to be a stream or (laughs) you know what if I was a rabbit there's no comparison in nature it's just like I'm a tree and I'm going to do the best job I can do so it gives itself a lot of self-permission um 
in terms of actually getting out into nature and that natural organic process happening of just like loving yourself and feeling healthy and happy and, and well and finding nature a really beautiful place to be I think time or the the conversation around time and this weird thing that we have going on where we've never got enough time even though scientists would argue that time is infinite so <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely think that because people have put maybe been burdened by expectations and roles that they sometimes feel that they can't give themselves permission to have that time so a lot of the coaching that I do is about how can we apply nature and help nature become part of your every day you know, let's not make this over complicated is it that you're just thinking about something that nature does that inspires you as a resource so you know are you going to get rooted and have a conversation with your family or is it that you want physical time out in nature or do you want to use nature as a creative space or a, a safe space for separation from the other busy expectations and roles but I think that time limitations is often the thing that people will say you know particularly I'm working with overwhelmed busy people and I'm asking them to go out and be still and calm in nature it's like like that's not going to work for me <laughs> but actually when they take the step into there and and I think that's been one of the challenging things in a way with my own um the conversations that I have with people about the opportunity to coach out in nature is you know people go oh that sounds great and then it's the how do you support them to then take themselves into that space as well and give themselves um permission and because a lot of it a lot of the belief system and the change happens by them actually making that commitment and then going wow I feel amazing and I was in a session the other day and just as we, as we were finishing up you know a group of deer like ran by and like ran through the um the lake sorry the stream and like up the hill and we just sort of looked at each other and I laughed and went this is my job <laughs> and you know just smile but that that moment of that that person can then go and tell and share that with um and those are the things those experiences are what anchor people's belief I think in terms of being able to then go this really makes a difference to me and this is important um to me and um, yeah, I'd say that that's kind of it, really. Okay, so like the shared experiences that are anchored in nature, that yeah. really helps. But then I was hearing something about everyday nature, right? Everyday trees in, in my eyes, yeah. in my words, like everyday moments of air, like everyday, yeah, like mindful savoring of moments that allows you to and allows everyone to we connect with our lives in small simple gestures absolutely and uh, that's the thing it's like simplicity but will be the most successful approach for anyone like trying to do something that's really you know even just in basic goal setting you know if you set the goal too big if you're like I'm going to run a marathon across a hill every day but you don't live, live near the hill and you don't have trainers to even run let alone run you know so I actually think it's about what are the small things that you can kind of do or, or allow yourself or gift yourself permission to have. And it really doesn't matter whether you live in an urban space or you live in, you know, a, a fully fledged kind of nature space as, as well. But part of that nature time and nature connection is that 
it doesn't you don't even need to say that it's about connection with yourself and, and feeling comfortable to be able to do that but you know I've invited people to kind of make make it into a fun thing like notice three things in nature every single day I um, you know share them on your Instagram get your friends and family to kind of do it because we know that just by sharing stories of nature so even if you just relayed your favorite nature space to me and me to you and through that visual kind of exploration we know that that's going to change the way we feel inside because the person who's telling that story it's a favorite place in nature is going to convey some beautiful imagery or some feelings or experience that no matter what our learning style will take us in some way connected to that place so you know, it is about collaborating. Woodlands collaborate every day. So let's share this connection with nature to if if it doesn't feel okay to do it for yourself, if it's if someone's still working through like giving themselves permission to do that for them, then a really helpful thing can be to think about the ripple effect that it has by spending time with family and nature or you know, going out with friends for that as well. Yeah, and I, I want to restate that because it felt really important in terms of the neurological impact and effect that we mm. get from simply visualizing and noticing. And then we visualize and we take our bodies and our brains and our emotions back to that place. We get a similar to effect to being in person yeah. in that moment in nature. I mean, and the brain's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> So cool. so cool the way it responds and you know I'm not saying don't go into nature I'm saying yeah. don't let that be a limitation for allowing yourself to then activate the image and activate the, the sensation and the feeling for yourself because yeah. just by that process we reap the benefit in a maybe a small extent I don't know what the statistics mm. are for it mm. but a similar extent I will look that up there yeah but it is it is significant I think as as well and yeah just be I, I always say curiosity is a superpower and if it, you're unfamiliar with nature or how you might feel or you hear people who are connected with nature talking and it feels like a bit of a an unknown language or an alien kind of species to go out in nature then I just invite people to just be curious like curiosity is a, a really really useful tool with our well-being you know if we change yeah. something from the unknown to let's be curious about this it has a very different feeling and so maybe just be curious like it's amazing what you begin to notice I mean I I was on a a nature uh, like an eco-psychology uh, program that was online a, a few years ago and uh, one of the sort of activities that we had to do was um go and look out of our window and kind of use the compass points as much as we could do from where we were stood to notice nature and I've got a palm tree I mean I live in Leeds I've got a palm tree across the road from me in someone's garden and I never noticed it and I it was so funny because I walked <laughs> I walked in my car you know it's in my direct line all the time and there's it's a huge palm tree you know in the middle of this cold kind of hilly climate in Leeds and uh, yeah like it's just amazing what we can begin to attune our attention to when we invite that curiosity of where it, where is nature you know where is nature close to me yeah and I guess when you talk about the diversity and the uniqueness in all of your experiences it makes me 
kind of wonder about how important it is to then have that diversity of representatives of nature, right? So like one of my things is, I think I make nature look cool again. And now that's just a saying and it's just a tongue in cheek thing. But I feel like sometimes when people think about nature-based therapy or when people think about reconnecting to outdoor spaces, they go to extremities. They go to yeah. extremities. And I'm, like, I'm so happy you've raised this conversation because it's something that really speaks to my heart um, in terms of how, how are people supposed to believe and have, have um, conviction that these strategies for well-being can work for them? when they don't see themselves represented in those messages as well and you know I live in a you know just to take uh, ethnic diversity as as one area of diversity that we can potentially talk about is you know I live in Leeds it's a very very diverse space and yet I go out into nature and it it, it becomes undiverse in, in many many places there are some places that have diversity and, and local parks and things I think are diverse spaces but the truly like wild nature spaces mm-hmm. um there is less diversity in and and I think that is that problem of underrepresentation and it, it's so important that people who are inspired like have you heard of flock together I'm gonna do a big shout out about them because I'm just so obsessed with them but I'm they're a group of people I think they were founded in London but I'd have to check that and they're bird watchers so they're just like um for all from the Bain community and they go out and they bird watch but it's like quite a, a young uh generation of people to do it and there's hundreds, there's hundreds of people and I'm like yes this is what I want can I can we have flock together here you know and there needs to be that diversity in the way that we have conversations about it as well, because it it does it can sit in the really like over spiritual side of things, like that nature is just this spiritual place. And I think when we you know chatted originally, I was saying about you know everyone thinks that it's about tree hugging, and I I, I even said I've been asked at least three times whether you have to get naked when you go out into the woods, and it just cracked me up because I was like, wow, are we that separated that we don't know that it's okay to keep your clothes on if you go into the woodlands? Um, <laughs> but at the, actually, the, there always needs to be a lot of narrative so people can find the right one for them uh, to help, and the evidence says nature helps and that we are part of nature and history shows that we came from nature so I just like the more diverse conversations and you know people loving and making nature cool for me is just that's what the woodland has (laughs) yeah and I guess I will say it's about making nature work in our daily lives you know yeah in a way that doesn't have to be on this extremity but can be in a way that works for us and in our lifestyles yeah yeah noticing the time yes so that's, I was that's going super quick every time I get sucked into a vortex and I'm like yeah oh. it is a nature-based vortex definitely <laughs> so thank you for sharing with us but before we close gonna ask you that final question um thinking of the last tree that you saw if you hold it in your mind, what would be its 
wisdom that it leaves and imparts on us today? The one that I'm thinking about is, um, it's one of my favourite trees and it's actually interconnected. So it's two trees that have stemmed together and um, grow together. And it's obviously supported the other one to be able to kind of thrive. And I think that that interconnection and the concept of collaboration is just something that's so, it's just a part of nature. And so I think it would be about interconnection and collaboration, like do that in whatever way is right for you, whether that's connecting with nature or connecting with your friends and family in nature. Um, yeah, that's that that's what evokes for me as well. And just seeing seeing how those two they're the same species of tree, but how these two trees have like intertwined together and grown together over time in order to form that bond and that strength that's helped them to thrive in the woodland is just I always take clients there because I just think it's such a great image for people to see. It is. It sounds amazing. I kind of picture them together side by side linked underground and overground sharing resources and living in that interchange of collaboration well thank you so much for today i've really enjoyed speaking to you yeah it's been lovely to talk to you too thank you for listening to today's episode of be like a tree let us know how you felt about today subscribe share every little bit helps and we'll see you next time and remember Stay rooted, stand tall, breathe, be like a tree. Cause you're free to be. Ooh.